Welcome to a Biblical Perspective Podcast, where God's point of view matters. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. This podcast is designed to expand you beyond the mind's cultural and theological limitations about the Bible and what it teaches. Prepare for the challenge of becoming a critical thinker, analyzing life from God's perspective. Boldly and unapologetically, I'll address the ills and issues of our day using scripture as the frame of reference. Get ready to empower your thinking and change your life. Now, let's hear what God has to say. Well, hello, family. Welcome to another episode of a Biblical Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. So excited to be back with you once again. Listen, let's jump right into part two of our powerful teaching. The question that I've been asking, that I've been teaching from is what's in it for God? Not what's in it for you. Not how will you benefit? Not how will things help you? How will you come out on top and all of that? No, 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 no. We're we're, we're, we're laying ourselves to the side, especially in this season. And we're focusing solely on what God needs and what God is requiring in this time, season, and dispensation, yay, era that we're in. What's in it for God? So we're going to get right back into that teaching, and we're going to conclude it on today. But of course, I want to admonish you to go to my website. Don't let the day conclude without you going to my website. Why? Because I have a free resource there for you. Go to ctjohnson.org, and there you will find the free MP3 teaching and PDF notes of the powerful teaching, Execute Your Excuses. This teaching is going to provide you with the tools needed to kill, put to death the excuses that many of you have been giving God that have been impeding your progress, that has been impeding the plan and will of God concerning you. So take yourself over to the website, ctjohnson.org and get your free MP3 and PDF download of execute your excuses. All right, let's empower our thinking from God's perspective. We've been dealing with the subject, the question, what's in it for God? First Samuel chapter five is rather first Samuel chapter one. First Samuel chapter one is our foundational text. And um, if you have not listened to part one, listen, stay connected, listen to part two, but go back and make sure you listen to part one, because if you don't have that foundation, then you more than likely will get lost in this teaching uh, as we are concluding. So if you weren't with me uh, on last time, if you haven't listened to that episode, part one of what's in it for God, do yourself a favor and go download it, listen to it. All right. 
because it's going to give you the foundation and the footing needed in order to successfully ingest and understand where we're going today as we conclude. But again, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 5 through 6, verses 8 through 11, and verses 12 and 15 are our foundational verses. Now, we left off last time helping you to understand that God is just. He's always just. He's a just God, but he's not always fair. And I defined the I defined those terms for you, just and fair. We also looked at Matthew 25 verses 14 to 29, the account there that deals with the master and his three servants dividing talents among the three servants. He gave one five, gave another three and gave the other one. That scripture helps you to better understand that statement that God is just, always just, but he's not always fair because fairness deals with equality. The master in that story recorded uh, in that account, rather, the sir, the master, the master recorded in that account of Matthew 25 did not deal with each servant fairly. He did not deal with them equally. However, he did deal with them justly. Now, I don't have time to deal with that any more than what I already have. So what do you need to do? Go and listen to part one. Now, let's look at verses eight and nine in First Samuel as we further unpack the understanding that God does nothing without self-interest. I want you to get that. Because again, the church has taught us erroneously. They have taught us that God loves us unconditionally and he is only concerned about what we need and what we want. That's not the mindset of a king. That's not the mindset of a sovereign. A sovereign is concerned about his nation. A sovereign is concerned about his world. He's concerned about his domain and will do whatever is required to protect that his nation, his domain, and even his citizens. So as we further dig our heels into this question, what's in it for God? Because many of you have never asked God, how will you benefit? What's in it for you? We just know that he's all powerful. We just know that he is able to stop to halt, to shut down whatever it is that's causing discomfort, that's causing harm to us. But we have never, in most cases, we have never took time to consider his feelings. Because that's another area 
of erroneous teaching, and that is we don't see God as a person. We don't see God as having feelings, as having needs, as having desires and and, and a purpose that he wants to see fulfilled, that he wants to see carried out. And so I'm, I'm, I'm by the Holy Ghost helping to shift your mindset from church to kingdom, shift your mindset from ecclesial to governmental. What's in it for God? God doesn't do anything without having self-interest and what it is that he's doing or that's being asked of him. And so in that fifth and sixth verse of first Samuel chapter one, God was responsible for shutting Hannah's womb. Wasn't the enemy, wasn't the devil, wasn't demons. It was God. Go back and listen to part one. If this is your first time listening, because Without part one, you won't have the foundation of the teaching. And so you, you'll have missing components to it. Now, the eighth and the ninth verse says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Now, if you recall, for those of you who were with the prophet on our last episode. If you recall in that sixth verse, it says that Penina provoked Hannah severely and she was miserable. She was miserable not solely because she was barren, but she was miserable because of the fallout or the results of her barrenness. Hence, Hannah, or rather, hence Penina provoking her, harassing her. Hence, the ridicule. Because remember, I told you that the culture of that day, women who were childless, who were barren, uh, were considered worthless. They were, they were ostracized. They were criticized, especially if you can produce a man-child. And so she was miserable, again, not solely because of the fact that she was barren, but because of the consequences or the results of her barrenness, what she was dealing with emotionally, mentally, even physically, what she was dealing with that was the result of her barrenness. And so now Elkanah asked her, Why was she weeping? Why was she not eating? Why was her heart grieved? Now, I want you to understand that Hannah was succumbed by her circumstance to the point where it affected her in every way, shape, and form. She was miserable. She was to the point where she was Refusing to eat because, again, this 
obviously was something that she had been dealing with for some time, for years. We don't know exactly how long, but her emotional state informs us that this is not the first occurrence, that this was not a new finding that she was a newlywed and just found out after a couple of months that she was barren. No, no, this is something that she had been dealing with for years. And so at this point or by this point, she was completely emotionally overwhelmed and her conversation, catch this. She was completely emotionally overwhelmed to the point that her emotions were driving her actions. Oh God, this is good. Now, yes, we are emotional creatures. God is an emotional God. Hence, the Holy Spirit can be grieved and we're admonished not to grieve him. God's anger is but for a moment. Well, anger is an emotion. All right. We were made in his likeness and in his image. So we are emotional, emotional because God is emotional. However, we are not to be controlled and are dictated by our emotions because emotions are unstable. They are not secure. Emotions are not solid enough to drive life changing, altering decisions. You need to have a sound stable mind you need to have looked at and considered all of the facts and considered all of the details before making a decision and many uh, times we're admonished by wise counsel not to make a decision when we're emotional when we're sad when we're anxious when we're mad and upset why because When the smoke clears and we have returned to a level head, in most instances, we come to regret the decisions we made because we made them when we were experiencing, uh, uh, when we were off balance, when our equilibrium was off as it pertains to our emotions, when we were experiencing um, great over, (laughs) my mind is racing here. Uh, In many cases, uh, we regret the decision because we were overcome by our emotions And we were experiencing an emotional overload. That's what I was endeavoring. Come on, Johnson. That's what I was endeavoring to to say. We were experiencing an emotional overload. And so that's why, again, when uh, if we're among wise counsel, we are advised not to make decisions when we're upset, when we're anxious, when we're mad and things of that nature. And so Hannah was emotionally overwhelmed. She was on emotional 
overload. She was on overload emotionally, mentally, to the point, again, where her appetite was taken, where her heart was grieved, full of sorrow and, 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 and anxiety and anguish. Now, I'm still in verse 8 and 9, verse 9 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord as she was in bitterness of soul and prayed. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed. And she was of bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Hannah was not praying out of her spirit, which is to say she was not conversing with God. She was not engaged in conversation with God with a clear head. She was not conversing with God as it pertains to, let me say it in this manner. She was not taking into consideration God's, side of the situation as it pertains to her not having children. She was not concerned about what God's reasons were because many times we don't even think that God has a reason for prohibiting something that his word warrants. Children are a blessing of God. However, remember in our last episode, part one, I told you that when our passions and our desires don't align with God's purposes, he doesn't have reason for supporting them, for bringing them to pass. Because They don't align with what he wills. Therefore, there is no benefit. There's no produce. There's no harvest for him. So why would he? And remember, I also told you that in that case, that being true, if our purposes and passions and desires, rather, if our passions and desires don't align with God's purposes, Then they oppose them. And by default, we are God's enemies. Because you're either for God or you're not. Everything that you're endeavoring to do, regardless of what it is, it is to support in some way, shape or form his agenda. And if whatever you're doing doesn't support in some way, shape or form God's agenda, then you're not on God's side. And if you're not on God's and if you're not on God's side, then you're not an ally. You're an opponent. And so Hannah was praying. Once one sided. Her prayers were one sided. Her prayers. Were from her perspective only. I need a baby. I want a baby. But she never took time to consider God's reason for her not having one during the time 
she wanted. And I want you to understand that. There are some things that God is postponing and putting on hold because our reason for wanting it doesn't help him, doesn't support his agenda, doesn't assist the kingdom in fulfilling its agenda. And so until we maturate into the mind of Christ in many of these instances, we will not be able to birth what we're wanting because what we want doesn't align with what God needs. Oh, help me here. My God today. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? We're in the time, the season, and the era where God is postponing and even shutting down many of our endeavors and plans because what we want doesn't align with what he needs. You want it, but he doesn't need it. God help me. Hannah wanted a child, but God didn't need another baby for the purpose of having a baby. She wanted a baby. God needed a prophet. Are y'all hearing me? She wanted a child. God needed a replacement. She wanted a child. God needed a priest. Eli had went completely contrary to God's agenda concerning his sons who were to be their father's successors, but they were wicked, taking advantage of the women, raping them, molesting them, taking advantage, uh, rather uh, pilfering the, the offerings, stealing and all of that. They were perverted in every way, shape, and form, and Eli allowed them to continue to operate in such a manner. And so God needed something that Hannah's wants did not align with. Hence, he was not involved. Who am I talking to? You're wanting something that doesn't align with God's needs for the time, for the era, for the season that you're in. And so he is saying you can want it all you want, but until your want aligns with my need, you will not receive my assistance. Now, I know that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the word of God as it pertains to where we are. Listen, dear hearts, as it pertains to where we are, not just the year of 2022, but the era, the season, we have to mature as the sons of Issachar, 
able to discern the times and not just discern the times, but mature also to the point where we can enter into the realm of God, the mind of God, to receive the instructions, the blueprint, the methods, the processes that connect and align with the times that we're in. If you don't know what to do, even though you know the times that we're in, but if you don't know your role and or your responsibility pertaining to the time, then you're still of no effect, of no benefit to God. And so that's where Hannah was. That's where Hannah was. That's where she was. Her want did not align with God's need. Listen, write this down if you if you can, if you can. God isn't moved by pleasures. He's not moved by our pleasures, our passions, or our circumstances. And this is what Hannah's account reveals. God was not moved by her pleasures, her desires, in other words, her wants, her passions. She wanted a son. But her want, oh God, that's powerful. I hope y'all are getting that. Her want didn't align with what God needed. And so that's why God shut down certain ministries, certain businesses. He allowed relationships to go awry, to end. Because what you wanted, what I wanted, was hindering what he needed. It was not assisting. It was not supporting. It was not undergirding. It was not aiding. It was not pushing forth what he needed to manifest. It was impeding it. So God's not moved by our pleasures, our passions, or our circumstances. Well, Prophet Johnson, what is God moved by? He's moved by his purposes and his covenant. Are you hearing me? God is moved by his purposes, his will. Hence, again, going back to my reference, Jesus, Jesus's response to the disciples request to be taught how to pray. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. Thy will be done against mine, ahead of mine, in spite of mine. What's in it for God? Take time over the next few weeks and consider what God wants. Consider what God needs. Consider God's feelings. I trust that this teaching is helping you. Because, again, we have not been properly trained as citizens. We've been trained as church members. 
But citizens are concerned about the king. Citizens of a nation are concerned about the power and or the ruler that governs that nation because they know that if the king, if the power and the ruler of said nation is protected, is cared for, watched over, then that benefits them. That it solidifies or it it um, guarantees a better word the care of the king guarantees the care of the people. The support of the God help me teach this. The support of the king guarantees the support of the people. Are you hearing me? The protection of the king guarantees the protection of the people. You take the king out, you take the ruler out, you take the sovereign out, then the people are left defenseless. Is that not what the Bible says? Scatter or rather uh, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. That's Bible. I'm giving you Bible. I'm not giving you Johnson's opinion, philosophies and and ideology. I'm giving you a scriptural, a biblical perspective. That's the Bible. You smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And so the king, the, the protecting the king, guarding the king, fighting for the king, pushing and bringing to pass and to fruition the agenda and the will of the king guarantees protection and safety for the people. So God is moved by his purposes, his will, his intent. He's not moved by what we want. His need dictates his actions. God, hallelujah. His need, not my want. Not your want. God's need dictates his action. Whatever he needs determines the course that he will take to get it met. Hallelujah. Not what you want. God is not concerned about our wants. Not in this era. Because it's our wants that have brought the church to this place of defeat that we're experiencing. It's our wants is putting what we wanted and putting what we needed. And really is not what we needed is what we thought we needed. Putting ourselves before God. But again, I am admonishing you over the next few weeks during your time of devotion and prayer. Consider God's feelings. Consider God's needs. Consider what's in it for him. Why should he help? Why should he heal you? For many, we neglected God when we had perfect health. 
And now that we're experiencing decline in that area, we want God to touch. We want God to restore. And thank God that he is merciful. But have you ever took time to ask what God would get out of healing you? Would you take his healing and revert back to your old trifling ways? How would he benefit from restoring your relationship with your children? Would you prioritize them above him? See, I'm provoking thought because many of us have never thought to this extent in regards to how God would benefit from answering our prayer. So, again, Hannah wanted a son. God needed a priest. God needed a prophet. So God was not moved by her pleasures, her passions, her circumstance. He's moved by his purpose and his covenant. Look at the 11th verse as we close today. First Samuel 1 11. Then she made a vow. Then she made a vow. Hannah shifts in mindset, mentality, focus. She shifts. She started out praying emotionally. She started out praying according to feeling, according to circumstance, according to situation. But somewhere along, she shifts. She shifts in her focus. She shifts in her mindset. She shifts in her understanding as it pertains to she approaching this barrenness, approaching her barrenness from the wrong perspective. She was approaching it from her perspective and not approaching it from God's perspective. And so she shifts now. Then she made a vow and said, oh, Lord of hosts, you if you will indeed look on the affliction of your of your maidservant and remember me. And forget and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Here we go. Then I will give him to the Lord. Not temporarily. Not for a while. All the days of his life. All the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. Hannah's conversation. Transition from that of convenience to covenant. Write that down. Then she made a vow. Vow, a solemn promise. That's what vow means, a solemn promise. But the word solemn is reverence, sacred, or binding. Hannah enters into a contractual agreement with God because, again, she now understands that her dilemma, glory to God, could be rectified when she removed her wants or her removed her want 
out of the way and replaced it with what God needed. She said, I want a son. You need a prophet. So here's the vow. Here's the agreement. If you privilege me to birth a child, I will give him back to you. Hence, I get my son and not only a son, but Samuel opened the womb for children. So she shifts and now asks what's in it for you. God said, I'll give you a child if I get my prophet. You want a child, but I need a prophet. I need a priest. I need a replacement to govern Israel. And so, dear heart, I'm telling you, when we mature to this posture in our prayer and our prayers, and we we make the transaction, which is to discard or make the switch rather to discard our want for God's need. God will move. Verse 12, after she made a vow, verse 11, verse 12, and it happened. And it happened. It was at that moment. It was at that moment that God unstopped, unclogged, opened up Hannah's womb because she her her posture, her perspective changed. She was no longer asking what's in it for me. <laughs> she now was asking what's in it for God. What is it that God needs? I'm interested in knowing how today's podcast empowered your life. Won't you email me and let me know how you were challenged, how you were changed, the revelation that you received. I want you to email me and you can do that by utilizing the email address admin, admin at ctjohnson.org. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know some key points that stood out to you regarding today's lesson. I would love to dialogue and correspond with you. So do that today. Won't you email me at admin at ctjohnson.org. I want to hear from you. Also, I invite you to connect with me via social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook at C Terrell Johnson. Terrell is spelled T-E-R-R-I-L-L. C Terrell Johnson. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Let's connect. Let's talk. Let's interact. All right. And also, of course, of course, of course, I need you to subscribe and rate the podcast. Subscribe and rate the podcast because you doing that, it helps to bring notoriety to a biblical perspective podcast. And again, thank you for helping us to reach 10,783 downloads as of two weeks ago in the month of February. I am so appreciative to you. So continue to download the episodes that bless you, the episodes that empower you. And again, I can't remind you enough. I need you to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever 
you listen to podcasts. Also, I want you to prayerfully consider becoming a monthly partner and a sponsor of a biblical perspective podcast. Prayerfully consider doing that because your partnership and your sponsorship, it enables me to empower lives all around the world with a biblical perspective podcast. And we literally are heard around the world. You can do that by going to ctjohnson.org slash partnership and sow your best seed today. All right. Listen again, take the next few weeks and consider God's feelings, consider God's needs and ask him, Lord, what's in it for you? I know what I want, but what do you need? Does my wants align with your needs? Let him talk to you. He will. Let him reveal and show you what is on his list of priority and what his concerns are. I'm telling you, it will literally change the trajectory of your relationship with Jesus Christ. All right. This is Prophet C.T. Johnson. Until our next time together, I love you. Be empowered. Thanks for listening to a Biblical Perspective podcast. If today's episode empowered you, subscribe and rate the podcast at cpnshows.com, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. For more information about C.T. Johnson Ministries International, visit the website at ctjohnson.org or text CTJM to 54244 to stay in the know. And connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at C. Terrell Johnson on Facebook and YouTube at C.T. Johnson Ministries. Tune in next time as I continue to empower your thinking from God's perspective.